Hi, this is Craig Janney listening to the Blues Podcast in the Stanley Cup Finals. Things are not great. They are blue. Mm-hmm. They said we couldn't be here. Chris? Yo. All right. The 20th time's a charm, apparently. So, <laughs> getting things started here and just. So, the Blues are in the playoffs. Yay. Hooray. We've, we got a bunch of good news and we're pretty excited. Like, we got to face the Colorado Avalanche now, which I think we can agree that most Blues fans wanted to face. I th- um, outside I th- of trying to stick it to Petrangelo, I think let's be honest with ourselves that the better matchup of the two we had, which is Colorado or Vegas was going to be Colorado. Yes. I could have made an argument either way for Colorado or Vegas, to be honest. I think that's a 1A and 1B. Um, we've had success against both. We've been beat down by both. You know, I think that you just have to look at each team in a different way. Um, I guess Colorado's a slightly better matchup for us, but I, I, it's not like it's – that drastically different between Vegas and Colorado. Just now, instead of knocking Petro out in the first round, we get to knock Stan Kroenke out. Yeah, so it works out. I think Colorado has definitely the skill in uh, everything. They pretty much have a lot of stuff, but they don't have like kind of a big grinding time, in my opinion. I think mean, you can argue Kadri, you can argue like Belmar and other guys down there, but they really don't they have a lot of speed and a lot of skill. Uh, no argument there. Probably the best in the league. Agreed. As um, we'll talk about. But, uh, yeah, so we got. I think we have that. We had some bad news, which we're going to talk about. So we're going to do a complete breakdown of the Blues and Avs, and then we're going to go through each of the other series that not only in the West, all the other ones, even though some have started recording this on the 16th of May, uh, just as I believe the Islanders and Pittsburgh just headed to overtime. So that's yes. about where we're at now. So Washington is up one nothing on that series, so we'll talk about that. And everything else that we can possibly fit into this episode. So before we get into all that, I want to take a quick uh, thing to thank our sponsors and talk. we'll talk about our contest as well, since we'll get that out at the beginning, just so everybody can go and find that right away. So before we get into the contest, I'm going to thank our sponsors. So obviously Rockstar Taco Shack, Yep. as always, and Will and the gang over there. Currently open over in Newtown, mm-hmm. opened um, pretty much... I think, I think six uh, days a week. Yeah, so they're closed Mondays. Closed Mondays, and it, but they're you know so keeping out for our daily specials. They always yeah. have their specials. Thursday is always their big quesadilla special. So yes, that's, that's Thursday. So keeping out there, they had their crab rangoon special was it two weeks ago. Crab rangoon quesadilla is legit. So is the uh, famous bar French onion soup quesadilla. It's just it's good stuff, man. It's uh, for those of you not in the area, it is worth the drive. Yeah, so go and check them out over in Newtown. And also, our newest sponsor is Lucky Lola's Foods. So, welcome aboard Lucky Lola's Foods. They have a bunch of different products. The first one that kind of I got turned on to was the sweet jalapeno heat that is Christmas. Yeah. So, very good salsa. If you were part of the 
uh, Riz Show Cinco de Mayo that they had. They basically had the, <clears throat> excuse me, had it on there. So use that. salsas, you have foods, you had bratwurst, they have their salmon roll. So if you go to any of our social medias currently right now, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you'll see a link to our NHL which mm-hmm. is so and you we go in there, click on the link. There's a password. It is Clem Shady, all one word. That's such a great nickname. Yeah. So go in there. Never know how things shake out. Correct. Whoever finishes first gets a nice little prize pack featuring, um, you know, Lucky Lola's featuring some rock star and a Blues Championship banner. So sweet. Go ahead and check all those out today. So, first off, let's get into, I guess, blues news. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, what is the big blues news right now? Well, it came out, I guess, was it Friday night or Saturday that David Perron is on the COVID-19 list? It'll be Saturday. Um, and that's a big one. What... You know, and we'll get into this, I'm sure, as we talk our uh, predictions. What concerns me more than just Perron being on the list, which that's a big concern, is this is now the third Blues player in less than a week to be put on the COVID-19 watch list. Um, Followed by Jake Wallman, which we're going to – we'll talk about that. So yep. Go ahead. It, it concerns me because I fear – that this may be the start of a COVID outbreak in that locker room. And, you know, you're playing a really, really good team. Obviously, the team that won the President's Trophy. You need every stick you can get, especially when you start talking about people like David Perron, who's a point-per-game guy. So that's the big news. As of Sunday at 2.15, there's been no update aside is, from the he fact did, he that not practice. him and Vince Dunn didn't practice, which we kind of expected. Um, but we'll see. Let's hope that it was a false positive and that he's cleared and ready to play tomorrow. But it, it seems like right now you're without David Perron for at least game one. Yeah, so that is a huge blow to the team as with the last game the Blues finished up because Minnesota Wild – so if you don't know if you anybody on Twitter caught me on the Soda Pod over at a uh, Hockey Podcast Network on their Twitter, they have it on Twitch. They have a bunch of different platforms in between periods. So I was on the first intermission, right when the Blues were down three nothing. So it didn't look great for the Blues, but then it turned out that the Blues uh, turned it around, won that game seven to three, and Perron with two goals and an assist, and he's the first Blue to have be on a point per game officially have a point per game, I guess pace to end the season since. You know the answer? Um, I do. Hold on. I'm racking my brain. Uh, Pavel Dimitra. Yeah, 2002-2003, Pavel Dimitra. That's a, quite a while without a point-per-game guy. I mean, obviously, that's a hard feat to accomplish nowadays. But especially with the Blues kind of been, I would say, since though, after those days, since they've been kind of doing this rebuild, they've always never had a real – you can argue with Tarasenko being a superstar, but he's been close to a point-per-game, I think, a couple times. But yeah. even Shen's been close. I think he had 70 points a couple years ago. We've never had a point per game guy since then. And actually a little above that because Perron needed just one that last game and he got three. So he's technically slightly above one point per game. So you got to think that guy is you, – you kind of joked about it last – maybe a last podcast or one of the podcasts recently where, like, is he going to be a Seattle next year? Mm-hmm. There's no way you can leave him No way. You would now. think. 
I mean, I don't, I don't see how you leave someone like that unprotected. He's, you know, we've had the luxury, I suppose, as Blues fans, of really seeing the maturity of David Perron over the years. And I think, and, and, and Pang said this, I believe, after the, Minnesota, the first Minnesota game, he's playing his best hockey of his career right now. You know, he seems to be getting better with age. You know, we, he, he went through the period, his, his first time with the Blues, where he would almost say, screw it, I'll do it myself, because he was obviously a very skilled player on a team that wasn't so skilled. Yeah. And then, you know, his second time, he was a little better, but he's just, he's such a good player now that I, I don't think you can leave him unprotected. Yeah, so definitely a uh, very valuable piece, and obviously with him being under COVID protocols. So basically, now that he has tested positive on Saturday, mm-hmm. He would have to have a negative test today, being Sunday, and then tomorrow, Monday. But the way that things uh, are, you're going to have to figure out. They don't know when the test is like administered. Not like, oh, it's 8 a.m. every time. Right. It's actually much, much later. So, uh, so hopefully you can get Pron in for game one. That's a big, huge deal. Oh, yeah. If you can't sure. get him in, there's something wrong. You know, there's going to be an issue right now because right now the lines are a little little wonky. But, I mean, you got Sanford is going to be anchoring the fourth line. Uh, Blay is back in, which is good to see yep. at least. So I think he's basically sliding in for David Perron at this point. Uh, so Costin's not in, at least the first practice lines right. we just saw. So that's a big kind of an interesting thing since he got to come in the last couple of games and had a very nice assist to Jordan Cairo. Yes, he did. Uh, so there was a in that big seven to three win. So I think Costin Soy looked good. He led the team in hits both games, and that's the kind of player you need for the playoffs. So um, I guess they just don't want to have him on the fourth line, just doing stuff like that right now. A guy like Kyle Clifford, I guess maybe he's best served for that for right now. But eh. yeah, I would say. But don't get me wrong. If the Blues need to make adjustments, you have a guy like Costin sitting there on the wings waiting to come in and had just a championship run. I mean, it's a nice option to have. Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. So, Blues getting ready to start their playoff run. So, let's get into the big playoff preview. So, playoff preview. Playoff preview. preview. There we go. So, perfect. So, Blues got into the playoffs just, you know, say just barely with under a handful of games left. They're in the playoffs, which is, you know, the 40th, like we talked about last time, the 44th time in Blues history, which is quite a feat in 53 seasons. So, we missed out nine times. So, and you think about it, only like three or four times were in recent memory. So, there's a pretty good chunk of years the Blues rarely missed the playoffs. So, but they draw the number one seed, and that was determined on the last game of the year of Colorado beating the Bejesus out of the LA Kings. So, the Colorado Avalanche get the President's Trophy and it's President's Trophy. Correct. Not Cup. Yes, because I've seen that a couple times. I didn't see it as much this year as I did in the past. In the past, I used to see it like, Blues are going for the President's Cup. I'm like, no. Stanley Cup, President's Trophy. Just two different things. It's a minor little gripe of mine. But anyway, so they faced the President's Trophy winning Colorado Avalanche, which a lot of people predicted that to happen at the beginning of the year anyway. And they accomplished that goal already. So they have that goal going for them. They do have a couple of banged up guys. So one being Nathan McKinnon. That's a big deal. Yes. Uh, it looks like he's practicing and quote-unquote flying around the rink, link, rink right now was described during the practice today. So, who knows? Well, you know, you can fly around the rink. That's fine. It's a totally different ball game when you're in the mix of a game and you have people hitting you hard. 
you know, and I think that's going to be the the telltale with when it comes to McKinnon is how durable is he going to be? Yeah, you know, it's it's just a different breed of game, man. When it's the playoffs, like hopefully the 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 referees or the um, you know whatever put the the whistles in their pockets, especially late in games. You know, you never want to have a game decided by a whistle and a penalty. Um, so you know, if he's in any shape banged up. Over the course of a series, he may, you know, get exposed a little bit. You know, we talked about it before we started recording. Look what the Blues did to the Sharks back in 2019. You know, that was a team that was, by the time they got to the Blues, was pretty much held together by spit and duct tape. And the Blues knew that. It was pretty common knowledge that you had players on that team who were really beat up. And the Blues went after them. And by game six, that team was... I mean, they they were they on were, the ice, yeah. but they were a shell of the team that they were. And watching, uh, like the, I believe it was the official Stanley Cup, like DVD or whatever, and they talked to like I think it was like Blaze said it, or maybe it was Sunquist. He's like, they were pretty much beaten down, and then they were just they're they're already broken and being yeah. on the ice, and then it, it was just a matter of just getting through that game. You look at you go back to that series, and I think the Blues emotionally and physically broke that team in game five mm. in San Jose when they blanked them five nothing and just pushed them around everywhere. And Schwartz, you know, like, yeah. sorry, Sunquist did a turnover from Carlson and Sunquist started and then Schwartz had a hat trick, another hat trick. So that's the type of style that I think the Blues need to play definitely this series. Absolutely. Definitely grinding the team down that's a skill team. There is going to be games like that like what happened against Boston last year. I got yes. a feeling there's going to be one game where it's going to get away from the Blues. It's going to be like there's a lot of skill in Colorado. It's not like – and it's obviously – we're not going to like sit there and tell everybody like that we're not. And like I tr- right. we try to be objective. This is going to be an extremely tough series. Oh, yeah. I think it's going to be a very winnable series if they play the way they can. If they yep. get off that – where they were playing a good chunk of this year where they're not playing – a structured game and they're kind of just running around and not really doing anything. You're gonna have the eight nothing games. They're gonna yeah. run you off the rink. Yeah. Very if, if you if if the the here's the thing, and you hit it on the head. The Blues have to play their style. If the Blues try to get into a up and down, run and gun, Colorado style game, you're gonna lose. They're gonna get blown out of the building, and it's gonna be four maybe five game series. Yeah. The Blues cannot hang with Colorado in an up-and-down game. The way the Blues win, one, stay out of the penalty box. The Colorado power play has eaten your ass alive this season. Yes. Like almost 50%, I believe. Yes, above that, actually. So slightly above. Number two, slow it down. Mm-hmm. Play a possession game. You know, it, it, Forecheck. That's the, that's, yes. the, that's the one thing that we have written down here is the forecheck has to be on yep. point this game because you get in on that defense – their defense is not like outside Patrick Nemeth, who they required at the mm-hmm. trade deadline. They don't have like a very big de- – like, you know, uh, Cal McCarr is pretty big, but I think he's more of a mobile – He's more of an offensive defenseman. Yeah. Yeah, the Blues have to grind this series. They have to. They, they, they don't have the firepower or the speed to keep up with Colorado in a fast-paced series. They've got to slow it down. They've got to play the possession game, and they've got to play disciplined hockey. Mind your gaps 
and 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 stay defensively sound because otherwise Colorado is going to run you out of the out of the rink. Yeah. So real quick uh, analysis using uh, some uh, from NHL.com, going through some stuff. The so obviously Avalanche were number one in the league uh, for goal score with only three and a half a game, which is obscene. The Blues almost three at thirteenth. Uh, goals against per game, Avalanche are third. So I get it from a stat point why you look at the, why you look at these matchups and why you there is a huge disparity. Uh, I think it was Dom on the Athletic um, has it. The chances of the uh, Avalanche winning this series is eighty eight percent, which is the highest. Sure. Which he says is the which is like the, every time he's done these like you know these stat based predictions, that's the highest ever that he's ever calculated. And I'm just like, really? That's kind of amazing, but okay. So right now the blues have a, to win this series pretty much in, I think in five games, it basically was like, Oh, it was like a four, three, two, and one from like, you know, like basically win it in four is a 1% chance mm-hmm. to win it in five. It's 2%. And win it, you know, basically work your way down. Yeah. Which I find kind of, Interesting. I'm fine, but, man. I'm fine with everyone. Yeah, so the underdog, the underdog role. That's. I mean, they talked about it, and we'll talk about O'Reilly's quote in a little bit here. But so yeah. So, what do you think about it being like the quote unquote underdog role for the St. Louis Blues well, this season? Number one, for playoffs, it, so. it doesn't surprise me, and it shouldn't surprise anyone. Um, you know, this was statistically the lowest uh, point conference or division of the divisions. But it also had the two top teams in the league in it. it, it it's so top-heavy. And we talked about that in the preseason. You know, I think that we all thought that the Blues would finish third, maybe second. Um, I don't think anyone really predicted Minnesota coming on the way they did and having a chance to finish first, is, you know, down to the last week of the, of the season. Um, I don't think that the underdog thing really matters to the Blues. You know they they lived as underdogs in the uh, in the in the nineteen playoffs. You know the only series that they had home ice advantage in was the second round. Mm-hmm. You know they were they were road dogs to Winnipeg. They were I think I could be wrong, but I think we were home dogs to Dallas. We were road dogs to San Jose, and we were road dogs to Boston. Yeah. You know I, I don't think the Blues were picked to win a single series in nineteen. I mean, there were some people that picked him, but I think yeah. no overall nationally they were picked to lose in every series. Um, you know, look, this team has shown that they can go on the road and win games. That's what has to happen. I think it has to be one of the first two games. Bennington and this team has to go in and steal a game in Colorado. This is an avalanche team that I believe has not lost in regulation in Denver in 20-plus games. Yeah, it's about 20. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be tough. Yep. But I also think that you're dealing with a team, much like Blues teams of the past before they finally won the Cup, if you can get up on this team and get a two-game-to-one lead or a three-to-two lead, you're going to get in their head. And it's going to be the, oh, my God, we're going to blow it again. Yeah, and I think that Blues have said in – and I'm paraphrasing obviously here, but like the pressure's on them. They're mm-hmm. the ones who has the unbelievably high expectations. One hundred percent is on you them. Know, like McKinnon's, you know, it's on him to be lead this team and bring them to the promised land because yep. he is the you know considered if one of if not the best player in the league it's right now. Him and McDavid. Him, you know, obviously 
depending on who you're talking to, right. obviously. I, I say McDavid. It's just me. But McKinnon is very good. I'm, yes. I'm, not, I'm not dumb on that part. So, though, as something you like to hear, you can call Billiton Board, you know, fodder for Colorado or whatever, you know, fans to kind of nitpick and whatever. But I thought this was really well put. Uh, this was a quote from Ryan O'Reilly as the Blues finished up their series against Minnesota. Not really knowing you're on play Colorado. Uh, they only were up, I think, 3-1 to one at the time. But obviously they wound up winning like I think 5 or 6-1 to one to L.A. So O'Reilly on Colorado is from Jeremy Rutherford on Twitter. We know that, quote, we know that they have a lot of talent over there and they work hard. But for us, it's an exciting challenge. We're going to have some fun and we're going to beat them. Unquote. And I think that is the perfect playoff quote where it's like it shows that he's confident, but also I think it showed definitely showed respect to Colorado. It's not like saying, Oh, like they're a, they're not a good team, we're definitely gonna beat them. It just shows that he has confidence in his team, which I think is great. So a lot of different things going here. Blues penalty kill, excuse me, penalty power play is actually sixth in the league now, believe it or not, how bad it was to start the year. Yes. Uh, they also are very good in the face-off circle, fourth in the league. So, overall, a lot of stuff favors the Colorado. At the end of the day, that's just what it is. I mean, but stats aren't everything. So, injuries and other stuff could come into play. Like you say, if you beat down McKinnon, there are other guys on, on the team that can help, that could definitely step up. But you still might be able to uh, pull off the upset. So, with all that said, the Blues, you know, depending on who they have, obviously, if they have Wallman, probably will not be back at least till maybe game three. Probably. Um, and have it, we it, heard an update on Dunn? Like, what's going on? It never really said. I've, I've been looking, and I saw lower body injury, I think is what they were saying, but that's about it. How many games has he been out now? He's been out for three weeks, almost yeah. three and a half weeks. Wow. So he's been out for a while. But here's the thing is, and there's nothing against Vince Dunn. I think he's a great player, but – so surprisingly, with Jake Wallman, the way he stepped Wallman's up. Wallman's been great. He's been, and Mikko, the last couple of games of the Minnesota series, yes. I thought he was fantastic. So Agreed. so him getting coming in and I think of definitely having a bigger defenseman now, don't be wrong, it would be very nice to have somebody like Wallman who is a very good skater, mm-hmm. like just on par with Dunn as best skating probably defenseman. So I think that kind of hurts them. Like nothing against Bortuzzo, but like – I get it. You know, but you, but you, I, you like to have somebody like Wallman on the team like this, where if you have to, if you're going to play up and down game, you better agreed. make sure you can have it. I will say this about Bortuzzo. He just seems to find a way to get that goal when we really need one. Yeah. Like he's never going to be a 20 goal scorer. It's just not in his DNA, but it just seems like he has a knack for the timely goal. And, He's sound defensively. He's not amazingly great at any one thing, but I don't think that he is a liability in any one thing either. The perfect perfect 6-7 defenseman where he can come yes. in and do the job, give you some tough minutes, yep. play the penalty kill. Yep. And, and every uh, once in a while he's going to put one in. Yeah, like the uh, San Jose series where he had that one backhand goal to give us give them the lead yeah. and the win. And well, he put it. one in a couple of weeks ago that was – same way. Yeah. So, and it was a game winner. So, yeah. that's what you need. And for and he, guys like that stepping up in the playoffs is something that is very uh, part of the t- a team Stanley Cup. I say journey, but Stanley Cup kind of roadmap. Like, you always had the unsung hero where you had Jaden Schwartz scoring a bunch of goals last year. And you had a, the fourth line of the Blues became a story. 
uh, last uh, 2019, where Steen and Sunquist and uh, the guys like McEcker and other guys who would step in and have a really good Barbashev, who would have mm-hmm. really good, they'd have a timely goal to get the team going. And they had that San Jose series. They scored the last four games to help propel them. Or yeah. To, to the last three games to propel them to the you know, standing up finals. Well, I think you've seen the team doing the same thing the last week or two of this regular season is you've seen the Bortuzos, the Barbashevs, you know, you're seeing and beat up all year. So yeah, you're, you're seeing a lot up. of these role players putting the puck in now, and we're going to need that. You know, you can't, as Hitchcock said, your best players need to be your best players. And that's always true. But you also need to be able to have a threat on the ice when those guys aren't. You know, like Braden Shen wasn't scoring for a while, so then yep. you know there was a lot of pressure on O'Reilly, who led the Blues in goals this year, twenty four goals. Tarasenko struggled since he's been back, so yeah, like you said, you need to have you know you, you need your and God love them, you need your Zach Sanfords and and players like that to be able to step up and and put him in the net. And we have this or last make, couple or just, weeks, yeah, make a really good play. I mean, sometimes it's not even. Let's say in Sanford's case, let's say like scoring a goal, like I mind you, would be great. But if you're doing stuff that t- alleviates the time when maybe Ron O'Reilly doesn't need to be on every penalty kill, you know. Then All you- I really want from Zach Sanford this series is don't pass the puck to the other team in the offensive zone. Yeah, don't have please a, God. So don't have egregious turnover. That's all we're asking. Yeah. Any blue for that matter, but he unfortunately but you, you're under a microscope right now. Boy, it seems like he's prone to do it like yeah. a lot. Yeah, he's just been under an extreme microscope. When you do it once, and then you do it two games in a row, and then you're blatantly, and then you're not getting sat and stuff like that. So, all right, let's get into prediction time. So we kind of went over everything. It looks like on Colorado side, they, the only person they really have right now is Devin Dubnik. He's in the he was in COVID protocol for a little bit, which but, is their backup anyway. So it's going to be Phil Grubauer, who was rolling this year and had a very good year. Had the second most wins in the league. Over had about th- almost thirty win thirty wins this year. So, who do you th- uh, who do you think is going to win this series and why? Right now, today, if you had to put as let's just go with the news as we have. I'm going with the news we have as of right now. Unfortunately, when I made my bracket, I had as of we had everybody on our team sure. healthy. But as of right now, Look, you got to go with what you I'm going to be with. honest. If this team doesn't have all of their guns at their disposal, they're not going to win this series. And if this team's got to go in to play Colorado without uh, David Perron, I don't see how they win this series. I, I just don't. I, I, there's so many weapons on the Colorado side. So many. And to, to lose a guy who's a point-per-game player, I would say, aside from Ryan O'Reilly, probably your most important offensive weapon this year, that hurts. Mm-hmm. Like, hurts a ton. And my fear, and I, I'm knocking on, I'm going to say particle board, not wood, yeah, right on. now, that this is not the start of something bigger when it comes to COVID and the Blues. Um if I have to pick right now, I say Colorado and six. Yeah. So my original prediction before we we did all this before we found the news out today, obviously yeah. I I kind of thought like, hey, even if you don't, my have, bracket has the Blues and seven. But again, like you said before had, the news, mine had the Blues and six on my bracket. Um, if you get Perron back and let's just say even Dunn or Wallman, because I mm. as of right now, there's nothing against they're not convinced Dunn for what he is, but Wallman's had a very good year. So you get one of those guys back is a very good defenseman, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So you get one of those guys back, 
that helps kind of the rotation of defensemen. Because let's just say Bortuzzo or Mikola is just having a rough series or sure. whatever. It happens. You can rotate Donna Wallman in who has some speed and some offensive skill to yes. help out with everything. So I think yep. that would be very key into the series. Your main key at the end of the day for me is your key player. And if you want to circle back to this, you kind of said, you know, Prawn. Obviously, Prawn is very good. But mine is Jordan Bennington. Oh, hands down. Hands if, you, down. if Jordan Bennington plays – like he has the last 10 games where it's very good. And a lot of those goals were just maybe one or two that he'd like to have back. But overall, I think he had a lot of really, really good games. Yes. And then defense just really wasn't there. Like the beginning of that Minnesota game, the fin- like, mind you, we had virtually oh, nobody. Man. The defense was just not there. And it was 3 right. nothing, And you're like, oh. And then guess what? The Blues woke up in the second period. And I think there was only like three shots in the second period. And they turn around and Bington shut them down. And you're good to go. Look at the game before that. With obviously it was um, Huso in net, but you right, know, a very good game. I holy do. crap, Minnesota was all over. You know, I, I think that you're going to have at least you need a he needs to have a game where like, he steals it. He needs to have a and just and I know we circle back because it's just such a fun, early in our memories and fond memories. He needs to have a game seven esque type thing where you're Boston. where you're saving yes. everything that comes your way. Yep, you need to have one game like that where it's like. They had, like you said, puts that little seed of doubt in Colorado's yes. mind. Like, no matter what we do, we can't score against this guy. Yep. Because he just hasn't had that kind of performance this year. And no. That, you, know, he, you know, that's what we've been waiting for. So, hopefully. He's been heating up, though. Yeah. I mean, he was 5-1-3, and three, excuse me, on my notes here in, the, in his last nine. So, he's getting there. He was starting to, like, turn it around, I think. I think, to your point, when you look at the tail of the tape on these teams, I think, to be honest, if we're not being homers and we're being honest – Really, the only one point where you can look at these two rosters and give the Blues a clear edge is in goal. Yeah, because Grubauer has, like, mind you, he's played well this year, but he has he had any kind of playoff success so far. He didn't play last year. He was hurt. Right. So he really hasn't. And he was with Washington when they won the Cup, but he wasn't the main guy. No, it was Brayden Holpe. So he really hasn't had the playoffs experience. So right now, I guess why I give the edge to Bennington, because he's in the playoffs. As much as you want to say, Bennington's been through the ups and downs of playoffs and gets in – and as well as Jordan, the thing about Jordan Bennington, he's pretty good about his memory. About he's just yeah, like he short does, memory, and he, he just does comes have a back. Short memory. So here's what here's the only thing that concerns me. Mm-hmm. Let's say tomorrow night these teams come out and Colorado just absolutely throttles the Blues, like just nukes them, blows them out, six yeah. one. Does Jordan Bennington have flashbacks to last year in the bubble when he couldn't stop a beach ball? Hopefully not. That's why I say you hope. That's why I say you, he has to have that confidence in that. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that a lot of this series lays on the shoulders of Bennington. I really do. I think he has to steal game one or two. I don't think you can wait till game five. Um, much as the, because the Blues are five hundred at home this year, they're eleven. They were eleven, eleven, and I think three is yeah. what I have. So, like they were, they were fine. Okay, but they always seem to play better on the road. And, and look, you're going to have to win a game in Colorado if you're going to win this series. Mm-hmm. And I, I just really think that you need that game to be an early game. I, I, I think that if your plan is to let's just hold serve at home and push it to seven, whew. No, you have to – if the Blues will split one here in these first two games, so yep. – Games start tomorrow, which will be the 17th. So, Monday and Wednesday, very late. So, good luck to all you Blues fans. Stock up on the coffee and energy drinks. Or take a nap. 
or if you can, take a nap when you get home from work or school yep. or whatever you need to do because it's going to be a late one for a while, and if they're overtime games, well, be ready, mm-hmm. you know, so you have a couple of late games, uh, even though game on uh, Friday for the Blues, then anyway, home, quote-unquote, home game yeah. because of NHL TV schedules, it's an 8.30 game. Yeah, and that's, look, man. I, I guess what, I know. We're all, we're all, I mean, we're all butthurt. It sucks. It's national television. Like, I get it. It the, sucks. The league wants as many games on TV as possible, and. and it's one after another. That's what, that's people like, like today, we're, we're just talking for a walk yep. out, we crack the mics. Like, game started at 11. 11.30 today, and then they have a game of two. Then, yep. they have, you know, then they have games going all – they have three games going all night. Then they have a regular season game really late tonight. But, yeah, no, but the, that's just the and Colorado, Vancouver. And we're in the Western Vancouver. Conference, and we're in the West Division. Like, you we're going to get the later starts. Yeah. We're just going to. So, be happy. Well, you know, it's Colorado, but Vegas, it was definitely Vegas. They'd be all 9 o'clock starts no matter what. Oh, you better believe it. So, the first two games that we just talked about, the third game at 8.30. Game four is undecided as of right now. A week from today, game four will be at home. It could be – all depending on how their games shape up. So as we t- we'll talk about this, and since before I kind of, kind of skipped over because we got into a conversation there, my prediction for the series is I said uh, my bracket said before if we get prom back and we were healthy, play our game. So it's going to be the Blues in six. I'm very confident with that. That's if I, I hope. That's if, like I said, if everything has to fall in order. Like yeah, and that's how I'm sure. predi- and that's how I'm predicting it. If the Blues don't play it, don't play their game. Don't have Perron. Just kind of play how they did. Let's say most of this season, it's going to be over quick. And I'd say, like you say, I say Colorado and six. So my official prediction, let's go with just because I'm predicting Perron not being available for the series. That's how I'm going with my prediction just right now. Series, if he is a if he did test positive today, which um, I'm I'm checking Twitter, don't see anything as of right now. If he tests positive again today, it's ten days. Yeah. From the time his first positive, so last Saturday, so Saturday, so he's out. That's game four, and then he has to, and then he has to pass cardiac and other tests to get back on the ice. And I'm sure he's going to have to skate at least a practice or two. Yeah. So you're talking, if the Blues push it to six, he has a shot to play game six, maybe. Boy, that's that's tough, man. It is like, like yeah. you said, if there's no outbreak too. Who knows what's going to happen? So I like, have three guys who have been under COVID protocol lately. Being Wallman, uh, Nathan Walker, who got sent back to Utica right after. I mean, like he, I guess he tested positive when he got to uh, Utica from the Blues, and then now David Perron. So, uh, according to the Athletic, real quick, as we'll say that uh, they said every Blue got vaccinated except for eight St. Louis Blues. So eight guys decided declined. And not gonna. I'm sure they're not gonna HIPAA not HIPAA, sure HIPAA, HIPAA, HIPAA HIPAA violations. Right. But Wallman obviously is one of the very few that's actually vaccinated and still gotten the. Uh, virus so just like the flu virus it can happen so uh we'll see what happens so like right now we're rolling with i'm going with colorado in six because i'm just basing it on what is currently going on so not what i hopefully if we get prom back if prom was fine different story so moving in, on in our brackets that's one and four so the two verse three so minnesota vegas so minnesota has kind of played really well historically against vegas which is a good thing for them so, I know a lot of Minnesota guys over at the Soda Pod were very uh, happy to see Vegas over Colorado because Colorado has owned them this year compared to Vegas. So, they were kind of thought this is a better matchup for them in the first round. So, Vegas technically finished tied for the President's Trophy, but due to regulation wins, uh, it goes to Colorado. So, mind you, Vegas has had a very good year too. And nothing against Minnesota. They're kinda, they kind of expedited their – 
rebuild this year and played really well with Kapritsov coming over and having an amazing season, probably be rookie of the year. Uh, Cam Talbot, I think, has surprised people. So they have a pretty good year. But you look over Vegas, the least amount of goals allowed. They're, they're second in goals for. So they're pretty good. Uh, they're built. They got they finally got their quote-unquote franchise defenseman in Alex Petrangelo. I kind of see Vegas as being a tough out. I originally picked I, – I just my, my, I did my bracket hoping on how I want things to go, so I did pick Minnesota in seven for that. So I'll stick with that one, even though Vegas is going to be a tough out. So I'll say Minnesota in seven. So hopefully we're hoping right now for dual upsets in the West, which would say something because right now uh, Vegas odds have uh, – Vegas and Colorado is the top two teams to win the Cup right now. Clearly. So – I mean, I don't think there's anyone in the world. I don't think there's any Blues fan in the world right now who wouldn't beg to play Minnesota. The Blues yep. just seem to have Minnesota's number. Yep, this year played really well. Um, I filled out a couple of different brackets in different leagues for this thing. Sometimes I've picked Vegas. Sometimes I've picked Minnesota. I, everything tells you Vegas should win this series, you know. But this is a Minnesota team. That when they get hot, oh boy, like there's not many teams that can beat them. Mm. Um, I, I think in our league I picked Vegas in six, um, but it would not surprise me to see Minnesota pull this upset. If they do it, I, I, again, I don't think you can push this thing to seven. If you're Minnesota, you got to take them out quick. Um, I think that much like the previous series we talked about, this comes down to goaltending. And if Ken Talbot's on, then Minnesota's got a chance. If if Ken Talbot is off, uh, they're done. They are done because they're back up. After, Not, after playing uh, pretty well to start the year, which helped catapult them to where they're at. Yeah. Then he's kind of falling off. Uh, a little bit. Gacken, uh, so, you know, so. I mean, the last two times the Blues played them, played they put in nine and seven. So, yeah, I saw the stat the other day where it was, uh, I think, before more goals were scored. Then in four-plus periods of hockey against him, they're at uh, 13 goals against. So, mm. he was uh, not playing great the last couple of games against him. So, no. yeah, so I, I said Minnesota in seven is, like I said, the hope against hope. Maybe I still think they're. I still think they have a good shot, but Vegas is built, man. They are. Vegas is built to win, but but again, like, and I think this shows how good this division is. All four of these teams are great teams. Yeah, all four, and I get that. Like, you look at the points, and the Blues are a distant fourth to the other three, mm-hmm. but the Blues have a pedigree. You know, they're the. Only one of these four teams that has won a cup in recent history. I mean, what? Colorado won it last in 01? Yeah, 102, yeah. Um, You know, Vegas has been to the final in the last four years. Minnesota perennially finds ways to fall flat on their ass in the playoffs. But the year we were there, supposed to beat us, and then uh, Harvey scored the one overtime. But. All four of these teams are solid teams. And all the pressure's on Vegas, all the pressure's on Colorado. So St. Louis and Minnesota can go in and just play hockey, man. If you lose, 
eh, you were supposed to lose. You know what I mean? Like, mm. there's really all the pressure. And let's go back to what you and I talked about when we referenced what Theo Fleury said on the podcast. The first round is always the hardest, yep. especially if you're the favored team. Because what he said, I forgot which series he said. I'll have to think back or listen back to that one where they were, who were they faced? It was Vancouver, maybe. Or, I think it was Vancouver. And they they beat, they were up like, they finished one, they were eighth, and they were 30 points. Yeah. Like difference between the teams, and they had to go to game seven to get yep. through them. So, and even though you have home ice, you're sweating, and it's in your head like, are we going to lose in the be, first round? And let's be honest, like it's not a normal home ice as being in the past because uh, one thing we didn't really mention that St. Louis and obviously restrictions are getting lifted. The yep. national, like a lot of mandates, it went to the store today in, uh, in St. Louis County because I know mm-hmm. Chris is out in St. Charles. I'm in county, so obviously you're in God's country out there with a, uh, you know, stuff disappears as you go out there, right? Uh, well. St. Charles County has a lot of money and a lot of rednecks. Yeah. Neither of which like to, to wear masks. Yeah. So anyway, so it was kind of today going to a couple places and people were not wearing masks and kind of a lot of things where it's like, it's jarring. I'll be, I'll be 100% it's honest. Very, it's, it's, it's very, very jarring just after seeing that for so long. But it's like things are getting better, which is great. So the Blues were going for the capacity from 4,100 to a little above 5,000. And then with the national mandate kind of changing, all of a sudden the Blues – during the last game, there was a shot of them lifting all the cardboard cutouts of people yeah. out, which you're like, huh, that's weird. Next day was announced. Now they get 9,000 people in the stands, which is going to be the, I believe, third highest of all the, um, depending on how many Carolina lets. And Carolina's right. between 10 and 12, I believe. I think Nashville's got a lot, too. Yeah, Nashville is, I think, the tops right yeah. now. Like So right now, you're looking at the Blues having them. You know, you have that. You can have that competitive advantage. You're at, I think, just around fifty percent for St. Louis. Now. Yeah, it's pretty darn close. I think it's almost like eighteen thousand. So they're darn close. So mm-hmm. the Blues are going to have that competitive. To me, is a competitive advantage to have that many fans yes, in the building. Like for sure. Slowly, you could tell. Like when they just had the coworker, the you know, frontline workers, like four hundred plus people. You could tell people in the building, but it was very obviously like. You're watching the game. You're watching a game Saturday at like Queenie Park, where there's a couple of fans in the stands, mm-hmm. and you can hear things, but not like. Very right. loudly on the broadcast. Nine thousand when it was five, four thousand people, you were starting to hear like they're cheering David Backus. We talked about last Correct. podcast. So nine thousand people is gonna be great to hear for playoff uh hockey. So I'm really excited to have nine thousand people in the stands and see real people in the stands again and kind of have that kind of atmosphere and not see the cardboard or the tarps up and sure. So that that's gonna be real important. So like you said, having the home ice is good. And obviously they played very well this year, Colorado and Vegas, so let's be honest. But I think having fans in this, having a good chunk of fans in the stands is really going to be a big a big boost for some teams. Yeah, least. I mean, and look, for those of you who are panicking right now because of how many people, uh, they're, they're still doing socially distant pods as far as tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm lucky enough that I'm going to game three, uh, and there's going to be four of us going. And I first, like, I was freaking out. I'm like, well, let's get something on the aisle because I want leg room. And my one friend was like, it's pods. You're, you're not going to have anyone in front of you. So even if we're not an eye, you can just put your feet over the seat in front of you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, good point. So they're, they're only, you know, like you're not going to be next to people you don't know. Yeah. Um, you, you have to buy, I think, two or four. I don't know if they're even allowing you to buy like one ticket. Yeah, probably not. That would be uh, makes sense for them to do it, like the pods mm-hmm. and all the luxury boxes and whatnot. So, yeah, having that advantage would be great. So, all right, so the West – we have both. We have the underdog. We both have both underdogs coming through potentially. Potentially, depending, obviously, depending on at least for the Blues. We you know obviously we picked Colorado, but the, everything's back to normal. Hopefully, we'll see. 
Anyway, let's go up north to the all-Canada uh, division. Mind you, have no fans going to be in the stands because Canada has not lifted any sort of regulations yet. So each one of the Canadian teams have zero fans in the stands, which um, it sucks, man, because I know they love their hockey up there, and it's going to be something hard just to watch on TVs. But great first-round matchup here is Toronto and Montreal. So Montreal, hopefully Carey Price comes back. If not, uh, old friend Jake Allen looks like he will be taking the reins for the playoffs. Toronto has played very well this year. Austin Matthews has had a very good, maybe a heart-type season. Led the league in goals. Uh, you know, obviously hard season. Probably going to go to McDavid, but I think Austin Matthews is uh, pretty darn close as well. So Toronto gets uh, – the only change they're going to have is in net. So Frederick Anderson really hasn't played much this year due to injury. You have Jack Campbell, is, who's played very well for them. He's going to be their goalie to start, so it's very interesting. So hopefully uh, – they can, uh, you know, it's gonna be interesting to see if he can ride the playoff wave and the high expectations that come with being the Toronto goaltender. So, Jack Campbell be their goaltender. Hope possibly Jake Allen is their uh, goaltender for the Montreal Canadiens. So, interesting matchup here. So, I have a Toronto in six. Yeah, I just don't see any way that that Montreal hangs with this team. Uh, I, neither goaltender is really sexy to me. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a very high-scoring series. But I think at the end of the day, Toronto's just got way too much. Uh, and I, I have Toronto in five. Yep. So so Toronto moves on to the second round, according to us. And then let's go with the Oilers. So the Oilers versus the Winnipeg Jets. So one thing we didn't mention in the last podcast, that uh, St. Louis-born and former Blue Paul Stastny had a milestone as well, had 1,000 NHL games. Uh, played so very good that's very cool more than his dad his dad had 973 definitely more than his brother so uh, I think it's pretty cool that he's able to pass his dad up in games played so let's say Winnipeg Winnipeg Hellebuck Shifley's had a very very good year but not as good as McDavid and Dreisaitl so that's that's what you're staring down on a nightly basis for Winnipeg, and I just see the Oilers finally back in the playoffs, and I think I start, being in the North Division served them well. They, they've I haven't got to watch much of them, but I think obviously they've uh, had Vancouver and Ottawa's opponents that helps. Um, Calgary was underachieved this year by a lot, so almost by default, so you kind of get in because I think Winnipeg was just okay, and Montreal kind of just had a, they lost Carey Price for a while and kind of mm. you know. And they also uh, lost Jonathan Drouin for a little bit there. Yep. So, yeah. So anyway, Edmonton, Winnipeg. I have Edmonton in five. Maybe a little short, maybe. But I went. I just. I have a lot of faith in the McDavid Drysital combination. Which, if you shut them down, you never know. But I. I just think they're just so like a hundred points in fifty three games, man. That is. I get it. That's. I get it. That's only done by. Mind you, I saw the the stat for that when he did that, and they said. When Mario Lemieux came back from uh, uh, non-Hodge, uh, was it yeah, lymphoma, lymphoma? When he had that, came back. Do you know he did it in thirty-eight games? Yeah, yeah. Coming back from cancer. Yeah. And just that just sorry that blew my mind when I read that stat. I was like, he's next level good. And then he actually did it again before that. Before he got yeah. sick in thirty-six games. Yeah. He's ridiculous. Or thirty-three games. Ridiculous. Anyway, and Gretzky did it. 
in just about I think in like forty something. But anyway, ridiculous amount. Like yeah, he's in he's an elite company. Yeah, so that's why I I have a lot of faith in McDavid in the first round. We'll see how the goaltending. It's just going to be like hopefully McDavid and Drysaddle can score a bunch, and their goaltending Mike Smith holds <laughs> holds the fort down for a little bit. But I think Winnipeg has the goaltending, and the goaltending might be able to steal them some games. And they have some decent players, but I just never had faith in that goal, that uh, defense. So I'm going to quote former president George W. Bush, who uh, famously said, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, can't get fooled again. <laughs> There's no way I can pick the Edmonton Oilers to win a series until they win a series. Yeah. I can't do it. I blame, I blame you. I mean, last year, everyone, oh, my God, they're going to be great. They got blown out by the Chicago Blackhawks, who were literally the last team to make the playoffs. Yeah, barely made it. Um, you know, I think since they've had McDavid, they've made the playoffs three times. Maybe. I'd and won one series. Maybe. He's an offensive juggernaut. No doubt about that. But until you start winning playoff series, I, I got Winnipeg in six. Just be, and it's not because I think Winnipeg is that much better than Edmonton. I, I mean, look, both of these teams are perennial underachievers in the playoffs. Winnipeg is consistently a darling in the playoffs and can't yeah. get yeah. out of their they own. Got a lot of, yeah, they got a lot of great players over they there. Were, so. They were a cup favorite in 19 when the Blues beat them. Yeah. They're a team that, I think, on the like lower tier. But, yeah, they were definitely a team that could win. Anyway, go ahead, Bo. Um so yeah, I, I've got I've got Winnipeg winning this series just because I have zero faith in the Edmonton Oilers to win when it counts. And uh, how many games? Six. Okay, so we differ there. So I got Edmonton, and then uh, so one thing we didn't do out of uh, we'll do our final four picks after at the very end. We'll change that up we'll at, at the end. Anyway, so let's head over to the East. So we have the. Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Islanders, the one and four seed, playing right now. Did it still overtime? Oh, let me look. So as of right now, the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to are facing the Islanders. So they are. We have a final in overtime. The New York Islanders four, Pittsburgh Penguins three. Ooh, Islanders have stolen game one. So we'll see if that uh, changes your mind there. So Kyle Palmieri at the sixteen thirty mark of overtime. Ooh, so one of their. Uh, I had two goals that game too, so he had the, he opened the scoring too. So a uh, big pickup for uh, Lou Lamarillo and the uh, New York Islanders. So that worked out well for them. So Pittsburgh, they did not have Evgeny Malkin, and they're going and the Islanders would go with uh, Ilya Sorkin. I saw was in this game, so no Malkin again. So he's been hurt. I can tell that from yep. my fantasy team. He's been hurt this year. Mm. So uh, Tristan Jari was in, and from what we could tell, at least we listened to the game when we were. Driving around. Driving around. And it sounded like he was getting he got beat on the glove side three times. So yes. it's interesting there. So Pittsburgh, New York Islanders. So our friend Dominic will probably not be thrilled with this pick over at him over at Lighthouse Hockey. He probably but we're gonna I went with Pittsburgh in six. I believe I went with Pittsburgh in six as well. Yeah, so I just think hey, you just go roll with the with that team. So the next series, which has already has a uh, another overtime, so both both games in the uh, this division have gone overtime. So Washington and Boston, that should be a good game. So Zdeno Chara is facing his old team, so you can't write uh, write it better than that. So Chara, who went from Boston, who thought he was not way washed up, but they wanted to go a different direction, goes to the Capitals to try and win another cup, and the Capitals face him in the first round. So 
We thought old friend T.J. Oshie scored a goal, the overtime goal here. but was actually deflected in front by Nick Dowd. So Washington leads the series one to nothing. Washington, who lost their goaltender to the start. Oh, boy. So uh, they lost their goaltender, and then they had to go with 41-year-old Craig Anderson to finish up the game yesterday. And it looks like that might continue because they had to call up a goaltender today from their AHL team. So it's going to be interesting on who's going to be the game two starter. And uh, mind you, Craig Anderson, who didn't even have a contract to start the season, got picked up on one of the last days of, before the season started by the Capitals as their quote-unquote third-string guy. Pretty interesting story. Capitals, the Boston Bruins. So a lot of people are pissed at Rask after that game. Apparently it wasn't that good for what I read. Don't know. I didn't see it. Just be happy he's playing. Correct. So uh, this should be an entertaining series for all intents and purposes. Uh, Kadetsov is currently on the COVID protocol list. Mm -hmm. So that could affect things. So maybe he'll be in. I don't know the current status of him. But Boston, Washington, who do you got? I think this series is a coin flip. I really do. That's the way I thought, too. I thought for being – you know, Washington won the game one, and they're at home. So, Washington yeah. has a home ice. It's two versus three. They have yep. the two seed. I uh, I don't think there was a hotter team down the stretch than the Boston Bruins. I think that uh, Taylor Hall has seamlessly fit into that lineup. Um, gun to my head, I think Boston in seven. That was my pick. Um, I said Boston in seven. Yeah, I, I think this is a really, really even series. However, if if – if Washington has lost their goalie, that's that makes it even tougher. That makes it a lot tougher. Yeah, and that was before. Uh, I picked Boston and said before that. Yeah, because this is a Boston team that can fill the net. Yeah, I mean, so and this I, might be in front. Sorry, cut you off, but the like uh, this might be all intents and purposes. It might be close to their last hurrah for this like core group for the Krejci's, for the Rask, for agreed Bergeron, like Marshawn for all together. Like, agreed, they, they still could be some of them there. Agreed. Pasternak is still obviously younger and still going to be there, but like guys, did like, they sign Hall? They did, right? Six year deal, seven year deal? Did they? I thought they did. Thought Maybe was, I'm high. I don't know. Uh, not at this point, from what I saw. I think that he's open to listening okay. to them. Maybe that's so. what it was. I mean, I, look, he, I, I think the, I think it sounds like he sounds like he vetoed a trade somewhere else to a West thing. Yeah. Western. That's and so that's why they got very little for him from yeah. Boston. I, I would love to know who that team getting, was. I'd be so curious. We'll talk about another rumor at the end of yeah. the, all these predictions. But go um, ahead. But yeah, I, I just you know, I think both of these teams are aging out. Um, Ovechkin's getting up there. Yeah. Needs a new contract soon. But I think, I, I just as hot as Boston was down the stretch, they may not have Omice, but I don't think it cares. I think that I think that they win this series in six. Yeah. So I see them. So our last division here, and we have the Central Division. So kind of where the Blues could have possibly played. So mm-hmm. it's been interesting here, but still four pretty quality teams. Let's be honest here. Yes. So Carolina Hurricanes have a really good year. Finished the number one seed in this division. Just barely miss out on the President's Trophy by a couple points. Yep. Uh, face the Nashville Predators. So I kind of this is one of the one series where I was very much like. I seen Carolina how good they are, and I like their lineup really, really well. Same. Um, and apparently, Nashville started to put it together from what I was reading, because I saw they struggled pretty much all year. So I'm going yeah. just with based on just what I kind of seen, and I picked Carolina in five. I just thought this is going to be a quick series and kind of like, and also maybe possibly a last hurrah for a lot of guys in Nashville. Pecorine apparently needs a new contract, and uh, there's rumor that he already signed a new deal with some Finnish league 
after wow. this is done, so he could be done. And then you're looking. Soros has started the net in the series. He's been he? starting. I mean, he's taken a bulk of the starts yeah. this year, and Pecorini has kind of been the one B basically. He's moved right. from the one A, moved from the one to the one A to the one B now. So I think they kind of slowly phased him out. I think they're going to go with you, uh, Soros, to start the uh, series, I and mean, he'll be the primary guy. But right. you know, obviously, have somebody Pecorino who's he's, he's always been, taking him to the final. He's always been that guy who's had a very good season, and then the next year, he's, crap. he's just been crap. And then he'll come back next year, have a really good year, and be almost a Vesna candidate, yep. and then not have a great year. Yep. So I think he's just getting up there. He's in his late thirties, so time might be time for him to write off at least for NHL career right off in the sure. sunset. So I say Carolina in five. When I was looking at this series, the one thing I noticed was how the difference was between the first couple of games these teams played versus the last handful of games these teams played each other. And Nashville really started to take it to Carolina. Uh, but again, I think that you're talking about the Stanley Cup playoffs. And as much as we like to talk about, oh, well, the regular season series this, the regular series season series that, it, it, it truly doesn't matter once you get into the playoffs. Uh, I think – Nashville makes a series of this, uh, but I agree with you that I think Carolina wins it, and I think they win it in six. Yeah, so interesting uh, like how Carolina's kind of slowly become this. Like, now they're like kind of just like, as a juggernaut with how well they've been built, mm-hmm. and now they're like really well considering had some years where they're just okay and kind of slowly building their way. They had the bunch of jerks thing, and yep. now they're really like – Rod Brendamore's done a great job with that team. Yeah, and he is he needs a new contract, and I'm I'm you know I'm pretty sure they'll give him a new contract, right? Like it'd be dumb not to. Right? I don't know why they wouldn't. Yeah, so I mean that's kind of interesting to see what he could do. So, um, the Rangers fired their coach after all the Tom Wilson stuff. Yeah. The coach, not coach, they fired their GM and John Davidson. Yeah. So that's kind of crazy. So we'll get into like that's a big thing. So they apparently real quick uh, they they not hired but they interviewed Gerard Gallant and they got permission from the Vegas Golden Knights since yep. he's telling under contract. So. He may be going there because obviously, and then obviously Columbus needs a new coach, so could be a little surprise you that they blew Torts out. Yeah, I'm not to a degree, but like apparently he's wanted out for a while. We I told yeah. we talked about that, so interesting. So could be some Rob Brendamore could really write his own amount, write his own amount for sure. check right now. You know, for saying sure. hey, give me this amount, and because he can go a lot of places right now. Um, obviously, here not St. Louis is not an option right now, but I think uh, a lot of other places definitely could uh, use the services. So, the last series of the first round we're talking about is the Florida Panthers, and so Joel Quenville's finally kind of got this team humming mm-hmm. and got this team to where you thought he could get this team. So, yes. mind you, ironically enough, without uh, their former star player, who's yeah. finally speaking to finally getting things together, seems to have gotten things together in St. Louis. Yeah, so it's really funny how. Um, Florida just kind of really they quietly were a solid team all year yeah and they just like well they did make a lot of noise they had a, some really great goaltending finally yeah. uh, Chris Dreiger is going to be a guy that's I think is going to be command and probably wind up going to probably get picked by Seattle due to Bobrovsky having a massive contract need to be yep. uh, plus they also have Spencer Knight who was basically like the next coming of Jesus for goaltenders apparently so I hear and he, well, he started off 5-0 and to start his NHL career yep. down there so Sounds like they have a pretty solid, and he's a little bit cheaper. They can let Dreiger go and right. be okay. Um, and this have that Barkov is one of those guys that's a, a superstar, but not a super. You know, it's like you don't hear about. It. He's just one of those guys that 
as very Bergeron esque to me, a very good two way player, but you just don't hear about him because he plays in Florida and nobody goes to a freaking game down there. Nobody. And Jonathan Huberto is a very good player, and they have a lot of like really good pieces down there, and it's just nobody knows about it. Yeah. It's just kind of those teams like you, you know Quenville's down. The only reason we know about it because we're talking look at we're talking about Joel Quenville and Bobrovsky before even yep. talking about Barkov and Huberto who are been had terrific years. And probably Brockoff will probably get the Selkie or, or be at least a finalist, to say the least. For sure. So as much as we do that, we have the defending, the reigning and defending Stanley Cup champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm-hmm. Finally, the last team we talk about. So our uh, favorite player, our floor hockey legend, Pat Maroon. Yep. Still playing down there. Had signed his new deal last year. They uh, – they did the Are we obligated to mention Car Shield right now? Because we're, <laughs> we're talking about Pat Maroon. No, they do not pay us anything, okay. so we're fine. But um, they pulled a, a, a Chicago Blackhawks here. Yeah, they uh, long-term IR'd Nikita Kucherov all year. Yeah, and basically like we're a good team. We're going to get into the playoffs. We're going to let him heal 100. percent Then when the tower cap doesn't matter, we'll get him. We'll get Stamkos, and we'll get all our guys back. And sure. Guess what? Guess who's playing game one? Yep. Nikita Kucherov and Steven Tamkos, who was – Tamkos was playing pretty much part of the year, but got hurt. And they, I mean, he's been injured really since last year. Remember, he only played, what, one shift in the Stanley Cup final? Oh, by the way, he scored. Yeah, the one shift. Yeah, he played maybe two or three that game. He played yeah. one game, but it was like two or three shifts for three minutes, and he scored a goal. Yeah. And But guess what? The Dude's good. Dude's good. So they're the number three seed after all. So, mm-hmm. mind you, we're talking about the defending Stanley Cup champions here. And so they're the three seed. And we're talking about how great they are. They got great goaltending, Vashlevsky, yep. great goal, great coaching, and John Cooper. Yep. Got all this great stuff, but they're going to lose in the first round. Okay. <laughs> so I have. It's going to be a great series. This is going to be one of those series. It's the Battle of Florida for the first time. First time ever, and nobody's really going to, in my opinion, outside of the maybe the Oilers and Winnipeg series. Not many people are going to care about this series. Yeah. Just, I mean, outside of being. Because Tampa was defending champions, it's about it. Maybe the series above this, the Carolina Nashville one, this is on the lower tier of what people are going to watch nationally. Unfortunately, sure. and I think that's a travesty because that's a two. It's going to really, be good hockey. Really, really good teams here, and uh, I'm going to try to make sure we catch these games for sure, at least one of these games. Yeah. But I have Florida being the two seed and using that home ice advantage in getting uh, game seven and winning. So I got Florida in seven. All right, I have two. Two big points on this series. The first one is uh, to what you said about using home ice advantage. I think if there's one team in this league where home ice doesn't mean a damn thing, it's the Florida Panthers because no one goes to their games anyway. That's true. You know, you might as well be playing in a park. Um, so I don't, I don't really know if home ice matters that much for Florida. The second is um, to quote uh, Pat Maroon's. Um, uh, Car Shield co-worker Ric Flair, woo. to be the man, oh. you have to beat the man. I was say woo. That's all. Oh, there's that too. Okay. Uh, and I will never go against a Stanley Cup champion until they get beaten. Uh, you know, this team has not changed a lot since last year's championship team. And I get that last year's playoff is is very much like, pardon the the pun, because it literally was like it's in its own bubble. Yeah, because it's so drastically different than any other playoff that's season ever happened, that's ever yeah. happened, yeah. and hopefully ever will again. But they won it. Whether you like, whether you want to give them credit for for you know how they did the playoffs or not, they still won the cup. 
this team knows how to win. And it's damn near the same team. And we've always said, ever since the Blues won the Cup, and, and even before that, that we wanted to start taking the mentality of the Chicago Blackhawks and the LA Kings of the mid-2000s and 2010s, which was, I don't care where I finish, just get me in the dance. Mm-hmm. And I think that you're talking about a Tampa Bay team that held out two really good players to let them heal, knowing we're good enough to get in the playoffs without them. Let's just ride this season out. Wherever we finish is fine. We'll bring everyone back, and we'll start playing Tampa Bay Lightning hockey. So this may be a three seed, but this is a three seed that's getting some real, real good players back. Yeah. So I have Tampa winning this in five. It's going to be, uh, I think, a really good underrated series for sure. So, all right, so we got those picks. So let's just pick like go go through uh, who do you got coming out of I guess the um, Western Division as a representative. <sighs> In my real, in my real bracket, or my or my fun bracket, you can, I'll just. Say I mean, both. I, I want look. If if the things fall as we say, and it ends up being the Blues in Minnesota in the second round, I got the St. Louis Blues advancing to the Final Four. Yeah. Um. I think it's Vegas. Yeah, I, I think picked, I think Vegas comes out of. The I last picked in my bracket. I picked I picked the Blues. I'll stick with it just because. Yeah, let's stick with it. I'll I think in my bracket I have the Blues. It's the blue. It's the Blues, but honestly, if you if you look at it, I I think Vegas will. Even though like Colorado won that game recently against them, it was uh, due to their goaltending. And yes. I was like I don't know how often that's going to happen in that game, but I think Agreed. Vegas is just very. Vegas is going to wear down Colorado, and I think that's going to cause Colorado to change their style. All right, speaking of style, and I want I want to ask this of you because you played hockey. Every time I watch Vegas, I feel like they're just like a swarm of bees. Mm-hmm. There's not really, to me, and I, and I know hockey, but like I don't know the intricacies of offensive strategy. But every time I watch them, I feel like their offensive strategy is skate as fast as you can and just put the puck on net. Yeah, they look like the Bauer system. Like it's is, organized chaos. Yeah, they built it's like it's, it's built on the full like five man like all in like each zone from yeah. what I could tell from like there's probably an official name for it I don't know but it's like five guys always like constant when they attack so it's like all five it's not like the Blues who just kind of have like the three and then they kind of like once they get established presence they kind of have guys move around and yeah. rotate and stuff it's like five guys always in so you, that's why you see like sometimes you see Petrangelo or Theodore like behind the net. Yeah, because they have guys that are like moving in, and that's kind of like their style. And they have defense built that well to move in and move out right. and stuff. So, and they have like the speed to help you get back and stuff. So, like Debauer system kind of built on that like five man attacking. Yeah, it just seems why. like it's a constant blitz. Like there's, I would I would love to look at the season to see what their shot per game breakdown is, attempts, what their attempts are, and what their shots on goal are, because it seems like. Every time you play Vegas, your goalie is under siege because it's just they're coming. The shots are coming from everywhere and anywhere. Yeah, they scored some from odd angles against Bennington and Huso this year. So, but they do that to everyone. Yeah, it, so. it's like it, there's no one on that team that is afraid to take a shot from anywhere on the ice. And it seems like that's somewhat been the philosophy since this team came into existence. And it just like for me, like I could watch a Blues game. And I can figure out 
the offensive strategy and set plays and things like this. I watch Vegas, and it just seems like the the goal of the offensive strategy is just create chaos and get get your get the defenders so turned around that they don't know where they're looking or where they're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, Vegas has really built the built to win it. So I mean, not only this year, but in the future, they'll have yeah. they'll have a couple guys to resign, but also they're exempt from the expansion draft, so they're not going to lose anybody. Correct. But we'll see. Like I said, it's still uh, they got Petrangelo there now, so we'll see what happens. So. Like I said, you got Vegas. I, I just stuck with the Blues, even though it's going to be an extremely tough route. And mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm one of the quote unquote one percenters, I guess. It's picking them to go that far. I want them. I really do. I think if they, like I said, everything falls into place, they definitely can. Sure, hundred like, percent. That's the that's the difference. It's not like hope against hope. Like they can do it. It's yeah. Just a matter of them actually putting that effort forward. So yep. out of the North Division, all the all Canada Division. So that, that, for me, it's a pretty straightforward decision on that one. Toronto, so, Toronto, Toronto is going to at the end of the day win. Entertaining series against Edmonton, but I think the goaltending is just going to fall on their face, and they're going to have to figure out something up there for goaltending. And because God, you're, don't waste Connor McDavid because it's it's going to turn into like at least Gretzky won titles at Edmonton mm-hmm. before he was like I got to get out, like you know ownership turned on him basically and yeah. got him out of there. Well, I think they knew they weren't going to be able to afford him. Yeah. So and unfortunately, right now you're affording Connor McDavid, but you're literally wasting him. Yep. So let's see. So let's go over to the Central Division. So I have. As much as I just taught, had a glowing review of them, I but I still have the number one seed. I still have the Carolina Hurricanes coming out because I just think even though their goaltending has been maybe not sexy as you want know, as Peter Morazic over there and a couple other guys, they, uh, I, can, I can't say I say Chris Novoselic. That's not how you say his name. It's something. Correct. Like, but it's that's like, the that's the base player the, from Nirvana. Correct. But uh, that's but I had but I had their goaltending's a little. I mean, not the great, but I and you think. Florida has pretty good goaltending and Bobrovsky and other stuff, but I went with Carolina coming out of this division. Tampa. Tampa. So, like you said, defending Tampa until they lose. So, I don't blame you on that one. Another division is the East. So, I have have Boston. It could be. I I have Pittsburgh, but I I think Boston gives a real, real good run. And then I have going – I have the going to the finals, and obviously it gets – all the stuff gets redone or whatever. Sure. So – the way my bracket got set up is the Blues versus Toronto, and I had the Blues losing to Toronto. Uh, I had uh, the Blues – I'm sorry, I had Vegas against – was it Tampa, I believe? Right, Tampa. If it, and it's I, all based on, like, your – they yeah. reorganize it and stuff. So, And I believe I had Vegas winning that. Yeah, so – uh, then my other bracket was the Bruins versus the Hurricanes, so I've had the uh, Carolina Hurricanes coming out of it. So I had Toronto and Carolina in the final. I had Vegas and Pittsburgh, I believe. So then I have I had Toronto winning the whole thing and getting their first cup in over fifty years. Nineteen sixty-seven in, in six games, and I had I think I, saying, I think I had thirty-six goals is how many goals scored. I had the Pittsburgh Penguins beating the Vegas Golden Knights, and I believe I had forty-two goals. So it's going to be interesting series of events coming up. So hopefully, we'll, the Blues cannot avoid this whole COVID protocol stuff, and hopefully, it's just a false positive. We'll do some. We'll hopefully, cross our fingers by the time this is posted that we have some good news. But we'll wait and see. So, real quick. Before we get out of here, I want to mention what came up on the 31 Thoughts uh, podcast, and I want to get your opinion. So 
we talked about how some teams, obviously some teams are not in the playoffs, and one of them being the Buffalo Sabres and not in being a basically dumpster fire of an organization right now, unfortunately. Boy, oh boy. And believe it or not, there are people saying at least, and Chris maybe will appreciate this more than anybody, and people are saying, hey, at least we have the Bills, which imagine. Damn right, man. Imagine have, saying that about four or five years ago. That's how bad you have to be if that's – like obviously the Bills are very good this season and possibly this coming up season. But anyway, Jack Eichel pretty much did not deny that he wouldn't mind a trade out of there the other day. And that's not – for them having their superstar basically saying like uh, they didn't let me get the surgery that I wanted to get to fix my disc – hurting any disc in my neck. And because just basically when you sign a contract, the team kind of dictate what how you get treatment, which is interesting. But – uh, I get it. It's like you're trying to – they want to try to do what's best for the guy, but I guess I don't know. So that's not what he wanted. But anyway, not thrilled, along with a couple other guys on the team. So obviously, all the trade rumors. I saw one trade rumor going around. that Somebody said Matthew Kachuk, Connor Zari, and a first for uh, Jack Eichel. But the interesting thing that came out of the 31 Thoughts, I believe it was the podcast, um, Elliot Friedman, when he talked about teams that could be – mentioned for Jack Eichel. Ah, the usual was LA because they have the prospects. Um yep. possibly like San Jose was mentioned as an I like outlier, but he's like they don't have the prospects to get it done. Um but LA was kind of the big one talked about due to the amount of prospects and, you know, cap room they have. Though he said a dark horse team that I wouldn't be surprised if they they have they definitely have the young um NHL assets ready to use, but I don't know if they want to use them. I wouldn't be surprised if St. Louis would make a competitive offer since they have the pieces. With him saying that and not mentioning what any of those pieces are, and I'll turn to you, Chris. Who, what do you think those competitive pieces are? And I know one right away, which is obviously you can't have a team full of very talented centers, you know, and not playing center. So one of them is probably Bob Thomas. Yeah, I, Robert Thomas is part of that deal if it happens for sure. Yeah, well, after you, they were wanting him really bad for a long time, it'd definitely be Robert Thomas. Let's just say because you're going to lose him in the expansion draft anyway. Let's say probably Robert Thomas, Vince Dunn in a first. I, I, don't, I don't think. I don't think. I, mind you, I don't think that gets it done. I don't think it gets it done either. And here's here's where I think the Blues bow out of this race. Plus, it's ten million dollars the next five years. On top of the the just contract that Eichel has, I think if the Blues are going to get this deal done with Buffalo. They're going to pay for sins of the past. The, the, and the, the O'Reilly deal, they're not going to let that fly Oh, by. boy. You, the Blues would have to pay more than any other team in regards to NHL players coming back. Because look at the players that went back for the O'Reilly trade. None of them are on the Buffalo roster. Well, Thompson was at the end of the year due to the amount of injuries they right. had. So, but. Because he was a first liner. We talked about it. He's a first liner at the end of the year, which was saying something. Right. I, I just uh, – I think that you – if the Blues are going to do this, I think it is Robert Thomas. I think it's Vince Dunn. I think it's Jaden Schwartz. I think it's all three of them. And Schwartz is a pending UFA. And probably so. a pick. Yeah. Probably definitely a first-rounder mixed in there. And then maybe another prospect. Who knows? They could want one other prospect. But You know, look, let's throw it out there. Maybe it's not Jaden Schwartz. Maybe Costin. maybe it's Thomas and Dunn and Costin. Because they're going to want young NHL players. Yep. And let's, let's be honest, the Pagoulas, right? Yeah. So the Pagoulas, like, at least 
uh, you can maybe feel me on the Buffalo side of it, but like the Bill side of it. But it seems like for the Saber side of things, they really were trying to par down the payroll quite a bit, considering the think about it, they got rid of O'Reilly and they didn't want to pay that bonus. Well, I, I think want, the O'Reilly thing had more to do with the fact that he had gotten him. vocal saying, get me the hell out of here, I'm tired of losing. But it sounds like... The, like Which is what Eichel's doing now. Which is, yeah, so it's saying something that they want out, so it's kind of interesting. So it sounds to me that they might go full-blown rebuild now, just with considering... <sighs> Again. Outside of the... I mean, they have Jeff Skinner contract that's like holding it, that's never going to get... That's going to be on the books until it's over with. But you have like... Um, Kyle Acaposo is on there still, and his deal's almost done. Sam and Reinhart. Sam Reinhart is the one of those guys who removed all Buffalo Saber stuff from his, all his social medias, mm-hmm. even his like picture of him in a Sabers uniform. Yeah, it, so it's he, bad. It's so he's probably gone, and he led the team in scoring this year. Um, so you're probably looking at. I wouldn't be surprised to go full on rebuild. They're hoping they get the number one overall pick, and they can start building that team up again. I know Rasmus Ristolainen said he's not. Would like wouldn't mind a trade either. Their goaltending, their what's his name is done. Uh, Carter Hutton, his contract is over. Didn't have a good year, and he was hurt at the end. They really they're on their like fourth or fifth string guy at the end of the year. It's, so it's they're so sad. Apart. Like the Pagulas own both teams. Yeah. <laughs> There's an old phrase that my boss likes to say, which is it's either going to be ish or chocolate. They both look the same. You don't know until you bite in. Everything that the Pagulas do for the Buffalo Bills turns into chocolate. Lately, yeah, yeah, for sure. Everything the Pagulas do for the Sabres. Ish. Ish. Like, real bad ish. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the answer is there, man. Like, I don't. Because they, think about it, Jack Eichel was basically the 1B to Connor McDavid in that draft. Yeah, it was the second overall pick. Yeah, it, it makes you wonder, like, what if they would have won that draft and gotten McDavid? Like, what if? Like, will we be talking about how great Jack Eichel is right now while Connor McDavid wastes away in Buffalo? Or or Brian O'Reilly never leaves right. Buffalo. Or, or are we talking about how great the Buffalo Sabres are because they've got O'Reilly and McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers are still stuck with the Nuge and Taylor Hall and um, Jack Eichel. Uh, and Jack Eichel. And who's the other guy they had for the longest time that was a, a top pick? I think he's in the Islanders now. Everly. Everly. Like, you know, it's it's weird, but I, I don't see how this team salvages a relationship or with Jack they, Eichel. They, they, obviously, that nail Yakupov, too, didn't work out up in Edmonton, too. Yeah, so, there's another one. You know, so it's interesting. So I, I just I, – I, I don't know what the answer is for the Buffalo Sabres. I don't. But I think that they're going to lose Jack Eichel, and they're going to lose Sam Reinhart, and they're going to lose probably Ristolainen. And those are the guys that were supposed to be the pillars for this rebuild. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you bring in Jeff Skinner, who has a decent first year, but then this season can't find the back of the net with a map. You know, obviously goaltending is an issue and has been ever since they got rid of Ryan Miller. That team can't win for losing. Yep. It's just a bad situation. And, I, you know, if you're the Sabres and your ownership, what the hell, man, blow it up. You're going to have the number one pick again this year. And, you know, just – you can't disappoint the fan base any more than it already is. Like they're yeah. already ready to like burn their jerseys. So 
Might as well just. Yeah, so. Go all in on the rebuild. Like, if you if you got a clean house, do it. Yeah, do pull kind of like what Ottawa did, like, take on some vet contracts from our teams that don't want those guys anymore yep. and just get a couple, like. Stockpile picks. Stockpile picks and just start having a bunch of picks, and then you can start, you know, hopefully start getting some guys that way and work your way up. I think or then th- use those picks down the line when some guys when some teams can't afford a guy anymore, you can throw a bunch of picks that way and I think pick th- up a guy. The other thing that that the Sabres messed up on is I think they tried to placate too hard to Jack Eichel. I think Jack Eichel ran two coaches out of that team because he didn't get along with them. Apparently before the last one because he said Bilesma it was one. Yeah. And then this most recent dude. Well, apparently he said Ralph – he liked Ralph Krueger. The guy that was this year, Ralph Krueger. Maybe the guy that was – Brosma wasn't last year. It was somebody else, I thought. Mm-hmm. But apparently he really liked Ralph Krueger, apparently. Apparently he said he's like somebody that I will talk to every day for the rest of my life. Yeah. So they really liked that coach. So it wasn't on Krueger, I guess. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's, you can't have that much that dysfunction. Yeah, that much dysfunction is going on there. So we'll see what happens in Buffalo. So I thought to bring that up because a little St. Louis kind of interesting that I mean, there's na- something interesting that a national writer brings up. Like sometimes when a national writer says something like that, I kind of take notice. And Friedman's sure. a guy that's he doesn't spread rumor. Yeah, he's kind of like, oh, I, he didn't say like I heard this, but he's like, I'm sure he's like me heard for the grapevine and just kind of mentioned it in that way on his podcast. Well, I th- I, I think when, if you're a GM and you hear that a player like Jack Eichel could be moved. I don't care who you are. You're calling Buffalo and just saying, what do you want? Like, just kick the tires on it. So I'm sure that Doug Armstrong has called. And obviously we have an established history of trades with the Bruins, or not with the Bruins, with the Sabres for for years now. We're good trade partners. I just, I don't know, man. I, I think that that fan base got so mad at the Ryan O'Reilly trade because not only did you get scrap back for him, yeah. you turn around and watch your dude win the Stanley Cup the next year. And be the MVP on yeah. top of that. Not like not only win the Cup, but he was the guy that yeah. was the kind of like focus of yep. everything. Yep. So it's so, kind of interesting. And that, it's not like that happened five years ago. That was two years ago. Yeah. So. so it's still fresh in their mind. So I would love to see the Blues take a run. I think if it makes sense – and look, man, I love Robert Thomas, but if you tell me that I could get Jack Eichel for Robert Thomas, I make that trade ten times out of ten times. Yeah, nothing is. Uh, and like I said, Tom's been hurt a lot in his young career and mm-hmm. stuff, so we never know. But I really like Robert Thomas a lot too. I, I do think, too. I think he's gonna be a great player. But like you said, if there is a considered an upgrade, and people are like, you love Robert Thomas so much, and blah blah. If somebody said you give Robert Thomas and stuff for Connor McDavid or even Leon Dreisaitl, I'd be like, okay, yeah, done. Yeah, I'll, you know, like that's the thing. You can't. There's so much as somebody uh, put on Twitter. I saw like this a prospect fellatio, basically for like when Costin was. Everybody's like, mm-hmm. "Oh my God, Costin's here!" And, like as much as I really, really, really think Costin's gonna be a good player for us. Like, but if he was off offering a trade package to upgrade that position, yep, I'd consider it. Ty Ratty, there's another one. Yeah, it's like you you held on too long. Guess what happened? Gone. Nothing. Could maybe flipped him down the line for something, and mm-hmm. you, you like, oh, he'll turn around. He'll turn it around. Didn't turn around. Right. So anyway. That's our big NHL preview. Well, hopefully the Blues will have uh, some better uh, news coming up in the next couple hours. Or oh, here's day. hoping. We'll see. So wrap it up there. If you want to get a hold of us on the social medias, on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. I'm at Hossapalooza. Also find us on Facebook and Instagram. It's at Blues Hockey 
podcast and check out our website is blueshockeypodcast.com and also .net. Uh, there, you can also find some updated tabs. You find going to our sponsors tab. So you can find Rockstar Taco Shack, where to get a hold of them to order ahead and get all their specials. We talked about their quesadilla specials on Thursday. Go and check that out. And they're open six days a week. You can get a hold of them. They have all, Go to their Facebook page, and that's the best way to get a hold of them on yep. Messenger and order ahead or call ahead. And look on our website for the phone number there. And Lucky Lola's Foods. And so LuckyLola'sFoods.com is where you'll find the link to that. And you can order the Sweet Jalapeno uh, Heat. You can also find um, their Salmon Rub. And they're going to have – they also, if you go around, you go to Kenrick's, they have – that's where they have their bratwurst currently. It's their – they have their – it's like sweet Italian with their jalapeno heat mixed in. They also have some ghost pepper cheese brats out there too. Oh, so. my God. That sounds good and painful. Yeah. So look for uh, – Look for some more collaborations with them coming up soon. We are just getting started with them. So both of those guys, uh, local companies, love to promote both of them. So, And lastly but not leastly, our DraftKings. So go to DraftKings and use THPN today for sign-up bonuses. Use that THPN weekly. If you already have an account, you put that in weekly and you get little bonuses every week to put towards you know whatever picks you have NHL playoff starting you can do some playoff picks just like we did here yep you NBA is starting NBA up their playoffs starting off the uh, Cardinals uh, maybe not now but they were first place in all of the MLB this week so boy they got worked last night didn't they, they? Got worked yeah 13 something I saw so until then they're playing very well so yep. hopefully they can turn it around but they've been played very well this year maybe put some numbers on Nolan Arnato hitting a home run there you go. Pretty good shot. Had another home run last night, I saw, according to the uh, alerts I got this morning. So uh, check DraftKings out today and use the code THPN, and that's part of the Hockey Podcast Network we're a part of. So check out all the other podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network today. Also, download the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Pocket Cast, all the other casts that are out Any kind of podcast app that's out there, it pretty much – it will grab our podcast. Yep. Pretty much what we have it set up for. I can't find really an app so far that it won't show up on. Yep. So anything that you have, no matter where you're listening to this at, if you're listening to us in St. Louis, Missouri, listening to us in Albuquerque, New Mexico, or Toronto, Canada, or anywhere else in Australia, maybe. We do have a couple listeners in Australia, apparently. Nice. To. So anywhere you listen to us, find your favorite podcast app and we'll be there. So, uh, a little bit of a long one today. We had a lot of – we just wanted to get through all the playoffs. playoffs and stuff. So, hopefully, next time you come to us, we'll be right before game four, probably we'll record. Probably. So, hopefully, for the first three games, we have some good news to report. So, uh, thanks for listening again, guys. We appreciate the support, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Nervous? 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 Nervous?